0: You're listening to The Being Business Savvy Show, with your host Dr. Savvy. This podcast series aims to share best practice in the arenas of effective program and change management via relevant tools and techniques. We also feature exciting guests with incredible business insights and innovative ideas. Our documentary style format helps to make knowledge sharing more fun, dynamic and engaging. If you'd like to be featured on the show, Please contact us by sending an email to TTT at SavvyLeaders.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now, on with the show.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Dr. Savvy. We're here with some fantastic people every other week. And this time around, we have got a fantastic person called Ben Chai. Uh, we just had a cup of tea. Sorry to play on words. um, But uh, he's a lovely gentleman very experienced, being in businesses, many businesses, whether it be health or property or even now coaching a leading author uh, and he has given us just a few minutes uh, to spend with him to discuss further the attributes of good leadership, um, good elements of what really brings about success uh, and I'm really happy to welcome Ben Chai to the show. Welcome Ben, good to see you. Oh, you?
0: Good to meet you and thank you for having me on your show Dr. Zabby.
1: Good that you um, have taken time at a diary because you're flying around to Geneva and all kinds of other places yes, around the, the world. The you're a
0: very popular person. <laughs> Thank you. Um,
1: yeah, so so great,
0: great topics.
1: T- tell us a little bit about your background. I, and I mentioned you've done stuff in health, uh, even all the Microsoft amazing stuff that you've done. <laughs> yes. and one of the leading authors and as well yeah. as uh, in the early days of, you know, all the, the stuff when it was first coming about. You know, Can you remember? You're, you look very young. Uh, thank the days you, thank of, uh, you so
0: much. That was a, a long time <laughs> the, ago. The days
1: when there were no computers on every single desk, you know.
0: I, I and I do remember those days. Thank you for reminding me of that. And nobody so had your, mobile phones. you're I your, uh, people say that chai means the word uh, tea in most languages actually, but I, I think there must be a chaser because you seem to be a little teaser, right? <laughs> so, um, so those early days, uh, probably around. Uh, Yes, I, I do remember when there was no laptops and computers or desktops as we used to call them on people's um, desks everything was mainframe based. And over time I, I became uh, the one of the top Microsoft engineers. This is in 88, 89, uh, times when uh, Microsoft was still just growing into being the, the organisation that they are today.
1: Okay, lots of computers around at the time, I remember there were the Newberies, there were the other machines, and eventually the idea. You, you are
0: taking me back uh, uh, very, very far. But there was, it was um, interesting There was the Commodore PET, the Commodore you, yeah, you exactly. like. The, yeah. There was a, an Australian... <laughs> it was I just, think it was an Acorn or something. Yeah, well, it was it? an Acorn. Uh, I think you mentioned the BBC PET, Yeah.
1: which we I used... I was a BBC um, Model A and Model B. Yeah, I yeah.
0: Remember? I think we used to play... There was a trading game on on, on the BBC that everyone loved can't remember what it
1: was. But what was very really interesting about that time in terms of... The Osborne, the, Osborne was the, Os- the Osborne. The that's, that's the one, yeah. The, the standardization, the Osborne was the one in the suitcase, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, with the little tiny screen. I no, that was a Compaq. <laughs> <laughs> but what was interesting was even just at the, the point of Compaq uh, which became HP in the end yes. and then whatever it yeah. became, I think it took over Digital Equipment Corporation, mm. um, we noticed that it was only standardization introduced by IBM who broke the mold in many ways they actually decided to create a small organisation within their organisation, um, a bit like HP with their printers, a small organisation within organisation, a bit like BMW. z Z3 came about with a small organisation. I do like that. In <laughs> I still one of those. Um, but what they did was they they took a different model. They got the printer from Epson. And they actually standardised the bus, mm. right? And and so when you started doing some of this work, mm. that was pre-networks. But then you started getting involved in networking. It was you? it was like, yeah, computer networking.
0: Yeah, it was it was pre-networks. And and when Doctor Savvy talks about the bus, he's not talking about the one you get on and you pay some money to. It. He's, talking a, a, yeah. Yeah, he's talking about a yeah. He's talking about the. A, a a component within a computer that transfers data from one component such as the memory to the hard disk and, and or to the screen. I, I think that's the bus we're talking about Absolutely, here. Yeah. Um, so it was a very, it was like the wild wild west actually, there was no uh, real domination until I, IBM as you rightly pointed out came to the U, UK and then we, we had some standardization. I remember at the time there, there was a company, uh, I think it was called Sirius Corporation, who actually had a lot of, in the early 80s, desktops. Uh, they used a, a, an operating system called CPM and they, they when IBM came to this country they thought, who are they? They'll never take over mm-hmm. from them which was the worst thing that they could have done. That was done.
1: inside a machine called the Research Machines, wasn't it? RSM, oh, yes. RSM, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, is the story true that IBM flew to uh, find an operating system and they knocked on the door of... Uh, Microsoft. Digital Research, I think it was a company that owned that company. Well, actually, Secret. they
0: went to Bill Gates because he was really into languages at the time, so he was doing uh, basic for the, the computer and stuff. And he said, look, I, I don't do operating systems... Uh, there's this company called Digital Research, uh, so maybe they'll do uh, an operating system for your computer. And allegedly, and the story goes that when IBM went to Digital Research, they didn't even have any executives to greet them, they'd forgotten about the appointment. They and so I am very disappointed with this behaviour, went back to Bill Gates and Bill Gates said, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Mm. And, and it was that. And the rest is history. Well, it was. <laughs> it was it, and I think serendipity or, mm. or luck, actually, let's just call it luck, happens to everybody. But in
1: business, as you know, you know, having a lot of experience in the area, I mean, there was this thing called OS2 mm. that came out. Yes, yeah, uh, so in, in the late 80s. My, I, and it, wasn't that in a way of them attempting to redeem the market that they'd lost? Uh, and there was something called Warp or whatever. Yeah, you know?
0: Yes, yes, this is, and, and Microsoft Channel Architecture, actually. Well, this is where IBM lost their domination uh, because they wanted everybody who'd invested hundreds of thousands of, of their their hard-earned profit into the original Microsoft-IBM um, components and then IBM said you now need to move to the Microsoft channel architecture you need to buy warp and OS2 and this is so in the 80s we had something called FUD which was a way of selling IBM used to sell to people and FUD stands for fear uncertainty and doubt and Microsoft's branding message to people is you were never fired for buying IBM IBM, that's right which was may have served them but I think it's like holding a gun to somebody's head did you hear about
1: this other thing called the golden screwdriver the, uh, There's only very few people that know what the golden it, screwdriver is. Was that
0: if you'd worked for them for a certain age? You, <laughs> you get a golden screwdriver. <laughs> that, a, that sounds quite, you <laughs> know, here you go. Don't get a watch, you get a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't then. What, what I, I think golden the golden
1: screwdriver was the accusation that the upgrades had already been built into some of the, the larger oh, machines. Right. So all the engineer would do is just turn, turn up, and it turn the screw, and go, there you go, and have a cup of coffee and move on. I'm not saying that's necessarily the case, whether people did that or not, but that was uh, a horrible phrase that was being used for, I, uh, for upgrades or built into the software or built into the. The, the migration path for a better, a more enhanced environment, when you, the time was right for your company to have that requirement, you know?
0: I've never heard of the Colden screwdriver, but I do know that Microsoft, when they had their Windows NT, I know that we could change some. So in, in, in the Microsoft operating system, the more modern one was a win, had a Windows M- uh, interface, uh, and they had something called Windows NT. And they new had. New technology, them, I think it's different. It? Yeah. <laughs> I always thought, why do, would you call an operating system with new technology? Because what are you going to be after three years? Any, anyway, so they, they had one for the desktop or the laptop and one for the servers. and. I do know that if you changed a few registry entries, you suddenly got wow. the, the server version. And we did, we, there was a hack to do it, which Microsoft was very upset about. So that might be where the golden screwdriver yeah, absolutely. Uh, phrase came from. came from. Yes.
1: Um, so having done a lot of great stuff in IT, moving into training, running a lot of manuals, um, having an extensive management experience and working for some of these large corporates, especially at a senior level, Mm. because that's how your career developed. um, You decided... Well you've done health, you've done property development, tell us us a little bit about some of those industries that you've uh, kind of ventured into, you've done a number of things haven't you?
0: My goodness, yes it does seem very diverse, but actually when you grow as an entrepreneur, or and people then call themselves serial entrepreneurs and never understood that. Does that mean one at a time? I always tell them I'm a parallel entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Was well, it me- machine gun <laughs>
1: approach that you're doing so many things uh, in parallel, you know, and you're yeah. hoping one of them is going to drop? Whereas yeah. I'm a parallel
0: yeah. entrepreneur. Doesn't it, mean,
1: doesn't it also mean that you have to be um, kind of uh, worried about the fact that you're going to put your money in certain things, you're going to lose certain things, because I believe it's 5% return, I think, on all the investment that goes into Silicon Valley, that there will be something that will come about. But it... But people get to be more risk averse because they think there wasn't that much money around. They need to back certain players. Mm. You know,
0: they're diversifying and they're they're managing their risk uh, profiles. I guess. Mm. Uh, so, uh, So I started in a small company. I didn't really have a good degree. I know you're very well educated, and your son he's he's on his second or or something, is it? I, I think, but. For me, I just scraped a degree at university, and I remember my family saying, telling me that, I, that they didn't think I'd amount to much. So I thought, well, okay, uh, maybe you're right, maybe you're not, but I, I will uh, just find my own way. I lived on a friend's floor with eight other people. He, he's a, a lovely guy. His name is Tanabala Surya. Shanmugam, I don't know if you know where that, that family's from, but I, I used to sleep on his ground floor and I used to have porridge for lunch and cornflakes for dinner because mm. I, I just never had much money. Now I worked for an IT, one of the first IT companies in this country and I worked as an administrator, so I did the procurement and the paperwork for the customers, that's all I did. And I just, one day I just thought, I need to get out of this rubbish I'm in. You know, if I, if, if I get the courage to ask somebody on a date, I have nowhere to take them, you know? Or bring them back to my place, what with six other people lying on the floor. Right. So, so I just thought I needed to do something. And what I did, in those days we had these big disks, uh, and I, I just stayed till three or four, or five in the morning learning about this software. And later on in that in that uh, journey, I started writing print drivers for a, a one of the leading word processors at the time, which was called Multimate, for some of the uh, companies. And and so that was that was my if you like my first business. Made a little money. Didn't know how to market. Didn't know how to brand. And mostly it was word of mouth because people, oh Ben has done this for us. Let's tell somebody else about it. So, so that, that that was my, if you like, my first business, and from there it it grew. I, I wouldn't say that I I suddenly went into business full time. I was always in a job, and and by the way, I think a lot of modern entrepreneurs need to understand that until they learn about these concepts of marketing, sales, branding, it's okay to follow your passion, but if you have no money to live on. Then you need to stay in your job, and you need to to, to to do your other bit as a as a kind of like. So you, a, so you think it should a, be a twin a, a strategy a
1: that you basically uh, pursue. You know, if you want to be somebody that you know has their own business or whatever, you can't just jump. You you, you, you know, really you have to invest. In it, well, you don't you don't
0: even you even know how to manage money. Yeah. So so what what on earth are you doing in there unless you've got an MBA like yes. you yourself? But the, the one, if you look at uh, but not Apple, having Apple, an MBA Apple gives
1: you the qualifications to actually do something. At least it? you know a little bit your money. Bit, guess, yeah, yeah.
0: But if we look at a lot of the, the successful people today, uh, you know Steve Jobs and, and Steve Wozniak, they started out of a garage. Who who owned the garage, mm. right? Um, Bill Gates, uh, he he could work from home if he wanted to. I think he may have done. Zuckerberg all of these guys had somebody financing them or, or they lived from home before they they became uh, the the big iconic people there and of course they all had their mistakes and disasters but they learned from it but they didn't they, they, they their, their finance wasn't impact so badly because either you have a spouse <laughs> you know uh, working while you're while you're learning your craft Or you've got your parents' support, or you've inherited some money through, uh, or or you've got friends supporting you. You have to have some kind of
1: income Uh, as a a basis, as a a basis, as a foundation.
0: If you want to, I feel if you want to, if you, there are some people who've just gone out and done it. They are exceptionals, and the reason that they've just gone out and done that, they had nothing else to fall back on. It they had to succeed and i I think a lot of people they don't know how to just they don't know how to burn their bridges and just succeed. When I went full time into business uh, i in I was uh, in charge of uh, EMEA, so that's the Middle East yeah. and europe for for Kodak, and I had a new director who who wanted to be CEO at the expense of all the other directors, and I would not play that political game. So he created this constructive dismissal strategy with wow. me okay. and, uh, wh- and when they used it on me, I said, you do realize your entire uh, IT department is walking out with me. And they said, if we give you this money, will you go quietly? I said, of course, why would I want to work with for this, this, this person? So even I had five or six months of, 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 of money that was in the bank to support me as I went on to my next journey.
1: It's interesting that we were talking earlier on about pain. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a pain, right? You had, you know, it must have been a pain. Uh,
0: oh yeah, of course, yeah. because I'm still young. I don't understand why someone is engineering this for, to, and, and by the way, this was in the late 80s. And really the late 80s, we were, we were at the, the, hitting a major uh, depression area. Mm. And he's still fighting the other directors. Right to become CEO, instead of working together with them to take Kodak to the to next a, level. To level. Well, well we, we know what happened know what with happened Kodak. I was going to say, we so, know what happened so, it. so when yeah. you've got these kind of, and I, and I know we're going to be moving on to leadership soon, when you've got that kind of terrible leadership within your organization, it, the, the organization, the Kodak was an institute. It was an institute. Uh, and you had these these crazy directions. It has an it. incredible uh,
1: pedigree as well, didn't it? Brilliant it brand. From, Wonderful and, you know, brand. And, you know, where it came from, its history, its origins mm. in terms of the people yeah. that pioneered the technology. Um, you know, the, impl- the impact that photographs have on lives at the end of the day, you know, emotionally as well, you know. Um, what what I wanted to pick up on was this pain thing so you went through you love sp- pain Dr. No, no no I just <laughs> <laughs> um, it was interesting, I, I was talking to someone the other day and, I, and uh, when I was at school someone said to me that uh, you know when you when you break your leg or you hurt yourself you know you actually make friends with pain you, you know and it was a you know we used to have speakers that used to come and he'd, he'd say you always go back to it and go am I still hurting you know, you, you know, if you've got a bit of a pain in your knee, oh, is my knee still hurting? Mm-hmm. You're kind of constantly vi- visiting it. So in a way, he was saying you're making friends with it. In a way, when you're in... And, you know, we've all had different episodes. You know, sometimes you get on with people, sometimes you learn, you know. My, my friend used to say this thing, uh, which I, uh, when I was at the Department of Health, and he used to say, you know, what would Jesus have done, mm-hmm. you know? but uh, well, yeah. we're not Jesus, you know. We're not people that actually have that foresight to be able to know or predict. I, I think but so. You, but but you he learned Jesus was
0: his hero, really, yeah. and he was just thinking, "What, yeah. would, what would, would Jesus what, have done?" That so, when he's, he's in that situation, hero. what do you yeah.
1: think? How would Jesus react? Do I have enough, yeah. uh, you know, uh, knowledge about myself, about the theology aspect, mm. or the spiritual part, or whatever? Are there certain routes that could be taken? But at the time, you're so under stress, right, that all those things are compounding you. You have to make decisions, but after the event and you said something quite profound when we were talking earlier on you learn from that you know it's something that you kind mm. of you bring that back in and you say Well, I, I,
0: I, I totally understand I'm, I'm bored on what you're saying uh, so I, after this uh, interview I will give you a lot of pain because I want you to be very successful right yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> my, my mother used to say that um, and we hear this phrase no pain no gain my my own background I, I was bullied a lot and and i did uh, try to commit suicide as, a, as a, a young young man but i wouldn't change that that my childhood for anything i wouldn't wish it on anybody but because of that childhood i don't think i would be as far in business as i am today i i think that i learned a lot of survival skills mm. <laughs> I learned how to deal with bullies without them knowing I'm dealing with them. <laughs> I just I just learned a lot of great, great things. Are you so, saying
1: that your life would have been different? I mean, I have to tell you that I do, that what you've just said does resonate with me as well because mm-hmm. when I was at school, yeah. I, I was bullied a lot uh, uh, as well. Um, I'd probably bully you after chatting with you. you know? There you go. i yeah. am uh, um, being bullied in an interview. No, uh. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's it. This is really true. Yeah. You, I, they are I have bullies. met bullies, they are bullies in, in, in interviews. Corporate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they are. yeah. really. Yeah. They love it. You know? <laughs> I'm thinking you know? what? Because they get off on it, you know. In terms of they, they, it's an it's an ego thing or whatever. And then I actually, I don't know whether you agree with me, but I do think in leadership, uh, personally, mm. uh, ruthlessness. In the long term, you know, to about karma on the west Yeah, life. I don't think a pathway to success is ruthlessness, right? Some people may argue that it depends on the situation. You know, you might be a person that's brought into an organisation to, to kind of asset strip. You know, you know, it's very easy to generalise. That's but then very again, sad. You know, actually,
0: a friend of mine had to do that. He he was ended up very depressed. Uh, remember Newbury Data? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when they, they went broke. In fact, the the site is very close to me. Right. They were acquired at one pound. For the entire business and the people who bought them, asset stripped mm. and sold the land for for uh, I think they sold it to the post office for about nine or eleven million. But the guy had to make so many people redundant, redundant yeah. and he became one of the most depressed uh, uh, guys around. Mm. Um, back to your 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 point about really that that background that you and I had as as a bully, I think internally as not, well not as
1: bullies but being bullied being bullied, uh, uh, being, <laughs> so. being bullied. Um, that
0: <laughs> even in my own uh, house uh, when you don't have much confidence you accept a lot of that other people tell you and you start believing it and also I was told uh, internally how ugly I was yeah. uh, that's why sometimes I'm looking at the mirror and I'm thinking that's a high, really handsome guy you're, <laughs> you're looking that you're <laughs> thank looking you good. but but I didn't have that much self-confidence which I think is a a mark of another uh, of great leaders they are confident but they're confident in a good way now back to your uh, question about ruthless do you think ruthless people can get very high so can I ask you a question do you think that Hitler was ruthless I think uh, he probably
1: was a charmer you know do you think Trump is ruthless? Well, it's interesting. It, he, he's unpredictable. Mm. And I reckon, and a lot of people say this, uh, maybe on a one-to-one basis, he might be okay. But yeah. sometimes it's a persona that yeah. he gives off. It's interesting you mention Trump because of the latest comedy routine from, uh, I think it's Chris Rock. Yeah. He's saying, we need more bullies. <laughs> Otherwise, you end up with people like Donald Trump. Um, but that, that's just that's in humour. Um, uh, so it's an interesting one. Do, I'm, I'm I'm I, do saying... I think he's a bully? I think that... Clearly, the persona, the communication, uh, the body language, mm. w- what he says, mm. the way he says it, the contradiction in politics. Mm. Sometimes you say one thing in a generation, you know, maybe over ten years, and suddenly you change your mind. Yeah, um, because it's not necessarily. I'm not necessarily. I'm saying I'm a fan. I'm just saying sometimes you can be misconstrued um, no, so nobody I don't wants really to know say to whether believe. they're a
0: fan or a pro of donald trump they don't really know yeah. what to, they don't to think want to because think. of his unpredictable yeah, well, but I, I, I do
1: think that I, if you go back i mean apparently he was quite a democrat i mean yeah. uh, he has a lot of links with the uh, the far east mm. uh, as well as the middle east mm. uh, now is he doing that kind of business or is he doing it because uh, he generally is a nice guy and he gets yeah. on with people yeah. uh, and if you look at you know regardless of what people say about his business dealings. Uh, it's the definition of success. Is he successful? Right? Well, but is he, he a nice guy and he, successful? He wasn't successful. And he's written that book, hasn't he? He, he was
0: a failure, actually. Yeah. And, and I've spent
1: some time with. So you he written on the back of his parents? I've I
0: spent on the, some time with a guy called George Ross. There is that, that mm-hmm. he, he had. And he, he was actually in a lot of debt. And so George Ross, who, who was on the apprentice, he, he, was, he was a bit like uh, uh, Donald Trump's right hand man and he helped uh, uh, Donald Trump with a lot of his uh, property business uh, and, uh, and he, he shared uh, how he turned it round, which was a master negotiation. Uh, and funny enough, you talk about unpredictability. So, so George Ross, I'm, I'm with him. I, I just met him in a bar actually in and saw him. I said, do you mind if I sit next to you? He said, you know, the thing about you, Ben, that makes you very strong towards a lot of people is you are totally unpredictable and i think this is what donald trump is being with the interviews it, people don't know how to take him mm. they which makes it very difficult for them to know how to negotiate with him and i don't think he's he hasn't taken us to war yet has he it looks like he's been taking us to war but was that just bravado a, a bit like uh, saddam hussein saying i do have uh, weapons of mass destruction, but he had nothing. So is it that that potential threat that is causing him to be a good negotiator? But is he is doing it intentionally? I, I guess what is it is, is it with I, intent,
1: or is it just he, of circumstance? I
0: think he would be doing it intent to, for the best, the benefit, what he thinks is the benefit mm. for for America. I, I really do think that. So if he thinks he needs to appear to be like a bully, then to... to, to To get everyone to get rid of their nuclear Hmm. uh, arm, then he will do that. If he thinks that I have to be soft to get the results, then. But it's still a high high
1: stakes, high risk situation because somebody might go, oh, I I don't believe you, press the button. They they might do that. So, yeah, we talk about unpredictability of the people that you're dealing with. But then
0: he's got to be good at reading people. And I think Mm -hmm. this is a mark of a good leader that he can read the people he's negotiating Mm -hmm. with. And you know that if you push them so far, then they'll do that. I want to come back to again to your talk about ruthlessness. So, uh, I remember somebody has been told he's a bit like Steve Jobs, and he's taken it as a compliment. But I don't think he should, Mm. because Steve Jobs was—I don't mean to say—can I say use strong language on your videos? Because to many, he was an (laughs) an (laughs) and that's why you know the Apple board wanted him to leave. I mean, there's all sorts of stories about that. But when he came back he he was kind of a different person and then when he had his health issue my goodness his speech to stanford university is so inspirational and so motivational uh, he became a human being mm. he he really started relate really, and i think that's when I think that was the height of his le- leadership, where he wasn't this ruthless person, coming back to your your original point, where he wasn't that ruthless person anymore.
1: M- maybe the, you know, when you think about it from a, you know, obviously the product is highly successful, it's morphed itself into mm. many different areas, mm. people are using Apple all across the board in terms of its, uh, you know, uh, the sphere that it creates in terms of the, whatever they call it, you know, the... Uh, if you're an Apple person or a, or an Android person or yeah. whatever, you're part of that network. You can easily share stuff and all the rest of it. But that organisation has grown and grown and grown. But we we'll go back to where we were before: from no computers to computers being being pl- prolific, it being yeah. pervasive. Yeah. As uh, Joanne Woodward said when she wrote about it in ni- in the nineteen fifties, that one day computers will be pervasive in in organisations uh, because you just can't live without them. You know, when you've got a company like GSK. Uh, a pharmaceutical house turning around saying we're not a pharmaceutical house we're an information company because then you, you know so suddenly the whole of that that paradigm mm-hmm. has actually changed um, i actually
0: deployed novell at uh, gsk there you go you know? and uh, then i then i had to deal with um they they made lots of people redundant and then i had to educate the people in at the time novell was the leading <laughs> network and and i i was educating them so that they could get better jobs
1: Wow, and, uh, well, to kind of re- repurpose their skills. Yeah,
0: which I thought was very kind of GSK yeah. to, to spend a lot of money. Uh, you know, we were talking about, sev- yeah, probably about a million in education to people they were making redundant to help them get
1: better jobs. Well, what I was going to say about And again,
0: the, that's great. I think that's wonderful. Well, com- companies
1: have got pressure, and it. it's good if they've got social responsibility mm. that they want to mm. do the right thing for an yeah. employee. I think it's a really great thing, and yeah. there's a real quality element of leadership there which is away from ruthlessness where we go, all right, we don't care about you, we'll fire you. That's ruthlessness. But I think there's another element of ruthlessness which is around, look, you know, we've got to make money. We've got to get to number one. And then there's a a famous book uh, called uh, uh, The the Cultures and Ways of Organizations, which talks about if you are in an infrastructure, uh, which is like an Eiffel Tower, you're more like a, a a massive organization like a government institution if you take one piece out doesn't really make a lot of difference it does fall down a little bit but it doesn't fall down completely whereas major corporations tend to be like rockets you know let's put as money as money as we can into this particular project in order to ultimately make that profit and then along with that probably comes ruthlessness right because you've got to do what you've got to do to make the buck you know yeah Uh, yeah uh, uh, but then does that follow back in terms of you know, we talk about leadership and, and yeah. success factors and a lot of things that you've focused in on mm. in the businesses that you've worked with, mm. especially whether it be in the coaching side or, you know, where you've actually helped them really get to grips with why, you know, I, I overheard you saying earlier on, if you don't mind me saying, you, were, you know, do you really need that slide in there? Does <laughs> it really have a purpose? <laughs> yes. You know, you know, the, the getting away from the death by PowerPoint yeah, to okay. the real kind of, what is the, you know, have four slides. Yeah. Talk about the real value of what exactly. you're talking about. And let that be an aid to you, yeah. rather than it being, oh no, another bullet point, which I really don't understand, but it's got some great words, you know, <laughs> and it doesn't really add value to the thing. But I must have it in there because it's part of my spiel, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you got that through experience. Do you? That's think, through my running a media company, yeah, through the, through, the, <laughs> and through several media how, companies. How to, how, to, how to say things properly? Yeah. how to say things with meaning. But it also, I think, comes from your extensive business experience. So, whether or not you're frying samosas. Right, and putting them in packaging and selling them to Marks and Spencer. I do like
0: a good samosa. I'm not
1: saying that you're doing that. Or whether you're, uh, whether you're running uh, the, the railways, there are generic business skills, aren't there, that apply? Whether it be operationally. Yes. Yeah,
0: there are very generic. And, yeah. and the number one thing, uh, and, uh, and coming back to your point about businesses, they're there to make money. Uh, and if you don't understand cash flow, you should. You literally should not be in business. And this is a, another reason uh, why I think when you're starting out in a, on an entrepreneurial world and if you want to be a leader, please, please understand cash flow. Uh, and, and this is why, again, if somebody is powering you, either you're, you're living in your parents' home or a spouse is supporting you, while you're delivering your Passion. Learn about cash flow. Learn how to conserve money. Learn how to invest it. Learn how to make it. Learn the areas of your business to reinvest in. And the the, the great problems with the two thousand dot com boom and bust was people thought if if you look good if you drive in flash cars then people will th- will do business with you. And people weren't
1: investing operationally. Infra- they didn't infrastructure. Was. Correct. They yeah. didn't.
0: They were investing in branding, really. And, and, and that's why so many businesses went out of business. The, the number one, if people Google what the number one reason for business failure is, it's cash flow. And the number one. And I, so back to, to whether you're ruthless by going after the finance. I, I, I don't think you are. I don't think that's ruthless. I think you're in business to make money.
1: I think Maybe the word is that you've got to be thorough, right? And you've got to make sure that no one's, you know, you've got to, you've got to monitor it. You gotta monetize, to, it, you, it, you, monetize yeah, it. Yeah. You you gotta monitor it monitor it. And if you can monetize you know, they say money makes money. Yeah. But money only makes money if you're smart about it. Mm. Not if you're just gonna go, I'll put it in that and not do the due diligence to actually understand Correct. what the implication yeah. of that is. But that intelligence, and I really think the point you've made is excellent, that know your numbers, mm. right? Even when you're doing a project, yeah. know your numbers. Yeah. Because you run out of cash you can't pay the person who's gonna do the project for you. But more importantly, on a roll up basis how much money have I got coming up so that I can invest in this and I've only got this much left to do mm. on the project so but they are actually out of balance you know yeah uh, and, I, and I think it's important to 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 be uh, clear about uh, the status of that cash you know.
0: the the challenge with people if they're they've got a full-time job and doing a business in the evening is they will have to make sacrifices in their relationships and this is why we also say to a lot of people that if you want to start a business do it while you're young, do it while you aren't uh, uh, in a relationship or uh, with somebody uh, and don't have kids because you, you will have to make a lot of sacrifice uh, to, to do your business and later on you can get the, the nice social life that you, you, you might enjoy. So so. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's yeah. It's, yeah, it's almost like being
1: ruthless with yourself, aren't you? You yeah. have well, we mm.
0: call that disciplined. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> rather being yeah. But I, I, guess these words, you know, I, have got an, a new TED talk. I've do- just finished a TED talk in um, uh, March on on how to attract and, and the right people in your life, and the the next one is on cowardice. Mm. And, and being a being a coward and I, I think this word cowardice is, has, is, has been used in a negative way too much because I think cowardice actually saves people's lives yeah. um, so I'll be doing a talk on cowardice, courage and, um, and uh, what, we, what I call extreme reading mm. which is uh, just reading aloud in public uh, where, where there are a lot of people for five minutes can't read anything political can't read anything religious because that's that you, you're deliberately getting out would, would you
1: deliver that reading with meaning and expression and all the great things or would you just be bland and just you know you would yeah, learn how
0: to cause uh, engagement so yeah. today I can read the telephone directory yeah. and get a lot of great engagement I've got videos of me on airplanes or right, just standing up no I haven't got. And permission and i i did that actually to deal with uh, something that again i think a lot of leaders have and, and and that's they've got just a confidence they don't care what people think about them you know if we look at zuckerberg's um facebook people would have laughed at him and there was just no way he could be number one because uh, myspace used to dominate it the did. social yeah. media it's not like
1: it was something new was it it was it, just it a wasn't, different way of having a timeline
0: his sister Randy zuckerberg uh, actually she was a digital marketer and i don 't think without her they they would have been able to she he asked her to give up a, a very highly paid job in New York to come and work at in, in the basement of their home to, no. to do this, and she thought she was only going to help him for a few months uh, but but yeah without that that aspect of the, the, the Facebook would I think be nowhere and, and this is not mentioned in the film at all right, yeah, yeah. well the
1: film is based on an interpretation of interviews yeah. views and stuff tell us a little bit about I mean yeah. there's a publication that you recently appeared in uh, you've written a load of books uh, you spend your time now um, guiding other people uh, you have still got your businesses of your own yeah um, uh, I was quite impressed that people just go You know, thanks so much for your help. Here's a bit of my business. (laughs) You know, in terms of like, you know, they give you they give you uh, not only pay for you turning up, but they actually say, well, could you actually carry on helping us out, and we'll give you a slice of the business. That's that's a wonderful uh, uh, position to be in in terms of their confidence in you Mm -hmm. and the fact that whatever you're saying to them is actually working. Yes. Um, So that so you you have other businesses where you get other people to help. so, for example, you're coaching in, in, sure. in, in writing, or, uh, sure. f- or, or even in areas where uh, they're doing property development, or right. even in healthcare, you still yeah. have uh, interests in those areas, don't you? So, well, should so sure, uh, I mean the other way of asking the question is how do you spend your time?
0: How do I spend mm-hmm. my time? I actually spend a lot of time <laughs> watching superhero films. I have this big, uh, massive comic book collection of, of uh, probably about twenty thousand. Uh, I wish I'd keep
1: my uh, I kept my original Avengers uh, volume. Uh, I, I've uh, still got first. first one,
0: I've know. first got still got number one issues. Yeah, I, I have number got, one
1: issues somewhere in the in the attic. I don't know where it is though. So, yeah,
0: my friend and I, I uh, we used to go to these like in in uh, a country called Singapore, and we used to go to these places. And and somehow he found the first ever Spider Man uh, comic. Wow! Uh, which I uh, which he let me, uh, ha- he gave it to me. and I you, gave you it.
1: must love the fact that Stan Lee is a kind of does the cameo role I love films. it I love you know, it I know that guy. I'd, I like I'd Stanley. love to be I'd love
0: to be Stanley yeah uh, you know that's that's probably my next thing uh, you know I keep saying I want to be an actor but I haven't done to auditions yeah. and things so I, I'm thinking how much do I really want it um, yeah yeah it's 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 an interesting journey it's an interesting life at the moment and an interesting life uh, so I made some mistakes on, on my journey, as we all do, uh, and the most number of businesses I could ever run was uh, I got to five, and then I, I, you know i 'd been hospitalized from overworking, yeah, and so the most I could company run is three. Uh, and I was trying to work out how can people like like uh, Richard Branson can have hundreds and hundreds of businesses. Now, remember, I, I, I went, if I can just go rewind back, and I said I, I was bullied a lot. So for the first decade, I, I needed to rebuild myself. I need to find ways to make money. And I thought I'd, I'd like to be retired, whatever this word retirement means, by, by mid thirties. And so I, my goal was to make a million pounds. And if you make that money, then you, you can't just stop making the money so so there, there wasn't a concept called passive income at the time but i thought how can i just keep getting on more money uh, by by whatever i did so property was one of them through rental uh writing books through through See, royalty was another very one nice. yeah, good. Uh, being in films um because they were because uh, my my great grand uh, uncle and aunt they were equity members and they used to get me into television shows and so on Brilliant. and then every time it was repeated there would be a check come through my mm. door or they used to uh, uh, outsource it to australia or wherever it is i get another check through my fantastic door fantastic so yeah. so i, I learned about passive income i i was bad at uh um, trading and i was bad at network marketing because I, I was too invested in the success of, of people in, in, my, in my group. Uh, and so that, that would hurt me. But I, I was good at, at uh, media and writing, and I was good at property. Uh, the mistake I, I made is I could only ever run three businesses. And what I, I realize is you make more money in businesses than any of these things. So how did Branson do it? He has teams and he would give away more of his the equity so he doesn't have like the you know a 100% in every business he gave it to the people that were running those businesses so there's a, a concept called an entrepreneur and this is a great leader who who can motivate the people with inside the business and be creative inside the business it's better to have 5 and 10% of lots of successful businesses or get uh, businesses that aren 't doing very well they 're ailing, but you can spend some time coaching them and if they give you some percentage in the business, how wonderful because now you 're mm. getting another uh, set of uh, um, passive income and so that that really is the journey i 'm on now. the people that i 've helped uh, i 've actually done i, I didn 't charge for coaching i didn 't charge and they saw the value in it in fact, this book, Social Magnetism talks about adding value to people before you even ask for any money, before you even say this is a business. You see nobody knows you, nobody, kn- you could, you could have been on a show or whatever, but nobody really knows you until your business, as a business person, until you are adding so much value that people are talking about you. If you look at a lot of the Microsoft products, they actually give it away in the operating system. Uh, and this is coming back to all all our discussion is so so circular. You talk about ruthlessness. Netscape was the leading browser of the time, and Microsoft just gave it away. They gave it away right as part an anti- of their antitrusting operating... that happened afterwards. With that, yes, that's yeah. right. You
1: know, with the fact that why is it in every single box when I open it up? It's got IE on the desktop.
0: You know, G- yeah, the, their browser. So, so were they a bully? Were they being ruthless? Or were they enabling customers mm. uh, to to have an internet browser without having to pay extra money? Mm. I I don't want to get into the semantics. Some, depending on which side of the of the the, if you were at Netscape, you would have felt they were a bully. You would have felt they were being ruthless. But remember, Gates' vision was to give everybody—everybody everybody was able to afford computing power, on any yeah. device, what's that, what's it, power anywhere, t- anytime. Power at your fingertips. Yeah, yeah. That's the was their latest yeah. branding, yeah. but their original, his original branding was anywhere, anytime, on any device. Mm. So there are even photocopiers with Windows on it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. it's uh, true there
0: are. And, yeah. and, and I think he would have wanted it on on the washing machine. They on had the, it in phones
1: on, originally, did not they? Yeah.
0: Well, they still do on, on the, phone. the, the Windows phone. Uh, phone. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was his... Uh, so I, I don't know whether they were being ruthless or not. They were just trying to give more value. And that's what we talk about in, 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 in this particular uh, book, Social Magnetism. The, the, the power of adding value to people and how that in the long term, uh, which has helped me a lot, uh, really grow you mm. as uh, a person so you're not being ruthless by adding value and in this book we talk about adding value without wanting anything in return you see karma people think that if uh, if it's somebody almost
1: like a selfless thing isn't it it, it has know? to
0: be selfless mm. it, people think if i'm nice to you then you're nice to me that's karma that's not karma, mm. karma that's a business deal <laughs> mm. you know if i'm going to give you value you're going that's a business deal so this is why a lot of time when people are saying, "I want to give you value," I'm thinking, "No, you're after business. Mm. I don't want the value you're mm. giving me, mm. because you're after something at the end of the uh, the,
1: the, the 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 discussion or whatever it the is, the relationship. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And then you're going to get angry with me, yeah. and then you're going to write up terrible stuff about me because uh, you you think I took advantage of you.
1: Yeah. So I think what you're saying is be more of a giver, right? Yeah, and don't necessarily expect things in return, and, and hopefully they're the honourable side of it, the, the other individual and the discussion uh, will will bring about a return but don't have any expectations.
0: Don't have any expectations. And in fact, I, I think true karma is you never actually get anything back from the people you gave in right. something to. Right. It, it comes from totally unexpected uh, areas.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I think you're right about that. I mean, if you spent your entire life thinking that someone owes you a favour... Yeah. You know, you're going to hold a grudge, aren't you?
0: You are. You, you really are going to... Oh, yeah, I did that for them, and they never give anything back
1: to me. So, it was so wonderful to meet you. I don't know, we discussed a whole load <laughs> I, of... I, the, I, I don't think even yeah. we've
0: got okay. gone okay. deep. We right? I do was expecting to, you know. to to yeah. take me really deep, because, you know, the whole thing about Steve Jobs as yeah. well, yeah. you know, it's just, was he... He, I just think he became a more effective leader. He was a lot more humble when he came back to right. Apple and, and when, it, when he had his, his, his
1: uh, near, well, it did eventually. I, though, it did kind of eventually. It, I think he got a bit better and then he, yeah, got, then yeah. he got worse. I mean, I think there, there are certain learnings that, you know, from this discussion, there's some incredible uh, insights that you've given. You know, firstly, uh, the importance of knowing your numbers. Uh, you know being a good business person you know don't just give everything up you have to run things in parallel for a while Um, we discussed ruthlessness at quite a large scale but obviously there are different elements to that too Um, importance of um, I like the the idea of karma you know you've obviously got loads of experience of having worked and for different people uh, different organizations don't have any expectations be more of a giver that's a a lovely uh, sentiment to uh, to continue with uh, as a as a kind of a life goal, really. Mm. Um, in- interesting, the point you made about maybe at the time there wasn't necessarily the passive or the uh, what they call reciprocal income. You know, I'll do this because it will keep giving me a check. You know, the ro- you know, the royalties or whatever. Um, but it's good I, I think those models are quite good nowadays they seem to be better don't they you can I, have a book which hopefully will sell more which can complement other products i'm i'm not sure books sell that much yeah What well, i mean is th- uh, other things that can help you but know?
0: but what this book has has done so so in fact all uh, people buy it, the money actually goes to charity but uh, it actually has pushed me forward in different areas from a branding perspective uh, to, to give workshops which are, are paid for workshops, to, to give uh, certain kinds of talks which people will, will pay me for. So, so I'm not so. I, I, the, the days when I was in media and the amount uh, you made through traditional media, I, I think, uh, has evolved to a different uh, uh, model uh, where you can, can make money. Mm. Um, just uh, just uh, this one last thing on giving you need to know when to walk away. So it's okay to say, say, be a giver, but some people will abuse your time, and you need to 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 learn. Look, you know, I, there's only so far I can take you. Um, I actually have my own life to live, and you're phoning me up every single day for the last three or four hours. You you need to you need to help people to grow up, and to to do their own googling and. Uh, and then come back with solution. This is how I, I grew my own children. Mm. My, my daughter says, "Is that she said growing up, I hated my dad because, uh, you know, I'd come with him a problem, and he'd say, say, okay, you fix the problem, and come don't don't fix the problem. Come back to me with three solutions, mm. and I'll tell you which one is right.' And uh, but she said today it's really helped me because I don't try and just suck of people, people yeah, dry. Yeah. We yeah. we call them vampires and black holes and, and so on oh, exactly. so just be careful about the giving i think i think it's important and in the book we also talk about
1: there are times you just need to walk away absolutely so unfortunately and sadly you know <laughs> you didn't prime me up for that one Sorry. we have to walk away from this interview uh, but <laughs> I, with a, i love to prime me <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that you know you could you, you could be my you know what do they call it your the, muse uh, that's, that's the one um <laughs> It's been really great meeting you, Ben, so much. Thank uh, you. Great insights. Thank Thank you, Dr. Savvy. I appreciate Uh, it. And, uh, you know, we're going to share this on various outlets. Uh, I think if you want to take a look at the book, uh, try and understand some of the great insights and uh, uh, experience that comes about from it, I think you'll be uh, better for it. Uh, So until we see you next time around, thanks a lot for tuning in to Savvy Leaders uh, and have a great week, month, year and whatever you're planning to do.